I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Hey, good morning, everybody. Or we say good morning because we're here in the morning. You can't (laughs) help but say good morning when it's morning. But I guess if you're listening and it's nighttime or afternoon, good afternoon, good evening. Hope everybody's having a great week. We want to welcome you to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant. Woo, woo. You said, <laughs> woo, that, woo, you woo. said that different this I time. I did. Yeah, I'm working on my accent. I, <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't work on your Janice accent. Gant. The, the people, you really We were just be. talking before the show about not changing things. People like the <laughs> consistency. Yes. People do, and people love your accent. What people don't really understand is I actually do have a clothespin on my nose <laughs> so that I talk like I'm from Lubbock. Really, I'm British. <laughs> oh, that is so, your clothespin on your nose. You have the cutest voice. Oh, we all love it. Uh-huh. Um, okay, we got to um, thank, what's that noise? Not, not mine. Can't be mine. Mine's plugged into the console. Oh, maybe it's mine. I've never heard that noise before. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's a fairy. (laughs) It sounded like a fairy. (laughs) It wasn't like a normal. Make a wish. Make a wish. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, we got to thank today's uh, sponsor, Catherine Ballard. She is so fantastic. Do you know Catherine Ballard? I do know Catherine Ballard. She is a love. So nice. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank Catherine. you, Catherine. She's so a big kind. fan of the remedy. She listens while she walks. She's a cutie. So thank That's you. Thank nice. you. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. <coughs> okay, so today we are finishing up what we started last week with life lessons. Um, so Janice, you did three. I did two. And it I took think a- I did four. Oh, really? You yeah. snuck one in there that yeah. we didn't know about? Yeah, no, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> the last one was the joy and not and not having regrets about, like, wanting nice shoes oh. or clothes or vacations. Oh, yeah. You know. But I, I have one more. But okay, good. I, go ahead. You do several. Well, I, I have three, and then Kevin has two. Yep. Okay. I actually, uh, yep, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ready. You ready? Yep. <laughs> Kevin didn't do his homework. Uh, no. Apparently, I said I did. Were you drinking? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. It's been happening more and more. Uh, you know, this weekend, I was uh, away at a spa with one of my best friends, and <clears throat> it was a pretty elaborate weekend. <laughs> and I was... She'd be poor now. Oh, I'd be poor. <laughs> Poor now, but I was walking along the sidewalk at this place we were staying, and I was like, I was thinking about how much money this cost, and then I was like, Nope, I deserve it. You I, I, deserve I it. like went back to what you ended on last week, and I was like, Nope, nope, I love that I'm here, and no I'm gonna kidding. sleep in this five thousand dollar bed. No kidding. <laughs> I asked the people how much the bed was because I was trying gonna like try to replicate it. It was on sale. Twenty percent off, five thousand dollars. No, the bed itself, the b- or all, all soup to nuts. So the sheets, the pillows, the uh, feather bed, the I w- bed. 
I uh, I wonder what kind of sheets they use. Probably Peacock Alley, Leslie. Probably <laughs> Needleman's. Uh-huh. <laughs> Man, those Peacock Alley sheets—they're great. Are special. They are. I love them. That's what I sleep on. Yeah. You know, there's also really good sheets. I don't know what brand they are. Have you ever been to Enlighten MD, the the spa med spa? No. It's on Forest and. And it, it, she has the cutest boutique. It has a really cute boutique next, like adjacent to it that, that uh-huh. they own the whole, whole building. Anyway, in that boutique, they sell these sheets that will change your life. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, that's what I sleep on too. I've, I switch. Yeah. Okay. So today, that's not one of my life lessons, but <laughs> everybody deserves to sleep in a good bed. Go to a spa, life lesson. Yes, go to a spa. <laughs> Isn't it funny how, like, I I really do not spare an expense on my bed. You need a good bed. You spend no kidding. so much of your life there. Yeah. Good bed, yeah. good sheets, good pillow, good pillowcase. We talked about that yeah. last week. Yeah. <laughs> you need a good pillowcase. For my honey. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. How many Here. minutes in and we're already yeah. talking about Janice's honey. <laughs> Really, you would one would think it would be quite spectacular since we spend so much time on it. Get so much airtime. <laughs> Yesterday, Janice was walking along the Katy Trail, and somebody on the trail—this is so flattering—was listening to our podcast, and she was like, "I'm listening about your hiney right now." <laughs> she said it looks pretty good, and I said, "But it's covered up." <laughs> I have pants on and a shirt, sweatshirt down the back. <laughs> you know, years ago, I had this plastic bottom that was so great and not you would tie it on you know so it was a bottom and it was plastic and then you would tie it on so like at Halloween or something I would go like as a, a hospital patient you know and wear mm-hmm. an open hospital gown with that big old bottom <laughs> <laughs> sticking out that's funny it was great I loved it my friend in Little Rock's one that told me about it <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great prop. <laughs> I bet people really giggled at that. They did. Yeah, they that's a, a good lot. one. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to start with my number three of five. Um, and I talk about this a lot. This is not going to be a, a big surprise that this is one of my biggest life lessons. Um, but I wrote that the only true thing about you is what God says about you. So great. I I have to remind myself of that a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, yesterday when I was promoting this on Instagram, I I wrote down, like, I, I wrote, like, I've made so many mistakes. You know, I've, I, have, I have made some big mistakes in my life. I've hurt people. I've disappointed people. I've made people cry. You know, I've, I've done stupid things. I, and I've had to apologize. And yet, you know, when you... When you make mistakes, you you really can believe you are that mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to. It's hard not to go down that shame, yeah, that shame uh, yeah. road. And and not only do you feel bad that you did the thing now for a period of time, it's hard to get out of that you're not the thing. Well, uh, and I think, again, I think to throw away the word mistake and just mm-hmm. take it out of your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we are able to give ourselves some grace because we're human. Yeah. If we could do it perfectly, we would. And we wouldn't need one another. We wouldn't need 
a higher power. We mm-hmm. wouldn't need support or any of that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very difficult for us to forgive ourselves. Yeah. And be and able, and I don't mean to placate errors that can be very hurtful to people, but it's about me not beating myself up bloody because of my humanness. Yeah, you know why? Why is I mean, it it isn't it a funny thing when you're sitting here saying that, and I'm sitting here thinking while you're saying that. Why are we so hard, not only on ourselves but others, like? Because we're taught that. Babies aren't born like that. Yeah. Two-year-olds don't sit, walk around saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. Six-year-olds don't. We teach people. you know. And I think to be able to make an amends or to make an apology is very important. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, I apologize that I did that. I really did not mean to have that tone of voice, and I know it probably was hurtful. You know, there's nothing shaming about that sort of a response to something that we do. But we are taught... From churches, schools, mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. grandparents, mm-hmm. to really beat ourselves up. Yeah, I think we're coming out of that because I think our religious institutions have become softer mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, if we are divinely created, then we are divinely created perfectly imperfect. So mm-hmm. that is not a mistake that that our higher power made. Yeah. You know, so it's necessary Mm -hmm. for us to not be perfect. Because if I were perfect, I wouldn't need anything or anybody. Yeah. I, I, you know, that there's a great verse in the Bible that talks about how like the measure that we, that we hold people to or punish people to, or Mm -hmm. forgive or not forgive to others is the same measure that, that God will hold with us. And, it is, I mean, it is so easy. It is so easy if somebody upsets you or lets you down or hurts you to shame them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, and you're right. We are taught it. Like, how dare you? And we punish people. We are really good at punishing ourselves and others. But I don't think God punishes us in measure. I think we punish ourselves. Yeah you know, in measure. I mean, I believe that there is a constant flow of forgiveness. I totally agree with that. And that's why I don't like the word mistake, because Mm -hmm. I think that we, we walk around beating ourselves up as opposed to learning the lesson and throwing away the experience. And it took me years to really learn to practice that. Yeah. You know, because it's just so, and, and it doesn't mean that we don't want to do it differently. Sure. Learning to do something differently is really important. And honestly and truly, shame does not create the desire. Mm-hmm. We're so busy beating ourselves up that we can't focus on doing something differently. Yeah, it's so true. It's just, it's un- so unfortunate that we learned that. I know. It really is. That's but a- we can unlearn it yeah. because if you build the opposite muscle, Oh, my goodness, there I am being human again. Do I need to make an amends? Maybe. Okay, I apologize for that behavior, or I apologize rather than I am sorry, I'm a sorry, you know, piece of dirt or whatever, you know. So so we can build that opposite muscle, and I think that that's the 
the constant reminder in so many things is we are not powerless over our thinking. Mm -hmm. And so if we Mm -hmm. can exercise those muscles, eventually you'll get out of that. Yeah, you will. You will. I think that I, I, I would wonder, uh, Janice, if you have any advice for somebody who is truly sorry and, you know, has done something terrible, made a mistake, truly feels it, owns it, apologizes for it, but yet the other person continues to beat them up and not let them move, you know, tries really hard to keep them in that space of punishment and shaming. You know, there's a lot of that. You know, if somebody, especially in marriage, if if there's a betrayal. um, I mean, there's people who've been divorced for 10 years and they're still actively hating and not forgiving and punishing their ex-spouse. And, you know, if you've got to see that person at a lacrosse game or a football game and every single time you see them, you're reminded of what you did, that's that's got to be hard. Well, you, you might as well take a razor blade out of your purse and slit your own wrist. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're doing it to yourself. Yeah. And that's where if somebody if somebody holds me liable for behaviors that happened in the past, then again, I practice that what you think of me is none of my business. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, oh, my gosh, it must suck being you right now because you're harboring that resentment. And then you step over their body and you go on with your life mm-hmm. because you're powerless over what other people think. Yeah. And if you spend your time trying to get them to get into a place of forgiveness towards you, then you're just wasting your time. Yeah, that's really good. It's really, really yeah. good. I, But it's got to be really, really, really hard. Yeah, it would be very difficult. Yeah, I'm really grateful I don't have that with my ex-husband. Yeah. Or Well, you just don't... It, holding a resentment is is self-torture it is so there's no reason to do it i you mm-hmm. don't forgive like we talked about last time is you don't for i don't forgive people for them to let them off the hook i forgive mm-hmm. people to let myself off the hook mm-hmm. of what has happened in the past yeah i you really know? encourage anybody who is holding on to anger resentment um not forgiving somebody to really really consider practice it practicing yeah yeah i agree you, you know i got it what about my weird hang up that i have there for because i can't be the only one sorry exactly <laughs> yeah yep what what i'm he very says, good at forgiving people like, but what if they're not sorry what if they never yeah what if uh, oh well what you think of me is not someone who's not sorry no 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 no, no. <laughs> forgiveness is forgiving you release from their behavior mm. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make me feel any better did you just grunt? I guess. That sounded like my grandfather. I'm holding on to some stuff. Uh, uh. <laughs> Such a grandpa noise. We're going to work on that. Maybe that's one of the things that you need to learn. We'll isolate that as a sound bite. If you're a fan of the show, it can be your ringtone. So. Yeah. Do need to have that sound bite no. so that anytime somebody says something that either one of us will point to you and you press that. <laughs> that was the funniest noise, Kevin. <laughs> oh. Kevin's covering his face. And right the now. way you said that, though, because like you've heard me bring it up sometimes, like, well, yeah, what if you're not sorry? 
like you're my it's little valid brother. Point. It's like you're yeah. ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna forgive him because he's not sorry. Nanny, nanny, very, very. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not the most evolved one in the room. Okay. <laughs> We're working on that. Uh, <laughs> the we'll evolution of Kev. <laughs> That's really what you're actually being punked. That exists. <laughs> That's the whole purpose of this podcast. Right. <laughs> it's all for my benefit. Uh, uh, you know what, Kevin? I'm glad you said that because you're you are not alone. No, no. In that thought process. As a matter of fact, I think that the majority of adults have that same mentality. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we see it all the time. Vengeance. Totally. Yeah. My friend Mary Catherine, she's the one who taught me forgiveness. Mm-hmm. She really did. She taught me. And when she was going through her divorce and I asked her like how how did you forgive? Tell me how you forgave because I watched her do it. And I, I, I could see that she was light, that she didn't carry all of it around. And I asked her how she did it. And she had the best answer. And I've told this story on this podcast before, but she said, every day. Mm-hmm. I did it every day. <laughs> I forgave. She woke up and she had to forgive again mm-hmm. because she woke up without that spirit of forgiveness, but she changed her mind. Well, the pain that we feel emotionally when when something happens and somebody that we love doesn't do what we want them to do or what they change their mind, the pain is a reminder of the wound. And the wounds are real. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that we expect to etch-a-sketch that and it go away really quickly, but with practice, it will turn, the wound will turn into a callus. And then you're not so raw with it. Mm -hmm. But but it is a practice. It is. It is so hard to believe that when you're in it. I know. But it is true. Yeah, it it is. That is true. That is truth. With anything. With just, if you just keep practicing it over time, Mm -hmm. it really will change. It, you have to trust Janice when she says that. It, it is will true. Change. It, it will change. Um, okay, I'll do. Um, I'll do another one. Okay. Surround yourself with people who make you better. There's a g- great quote that says, "If you want to know what your life will look like in five years, look at your friends." And so I, I just, I, I was talking about this with Mary Catherine this weekend. Every single one of my closest friends like my tribe makes my life better. That's so nice. They all what do. What a compliment to all of your people. Oh, they do. They like they bless me whether it's encouragement or laughter or challenging challenging me or inspiring me. Every single one of my five closest six closest best friends, they they Whenever I spend time with them, I am better for it. And and you know what's so funny? <clears throat> to me, I cannot comprehend girlfriends who don't have good girlfriends or mean girls. Like, why would you have a friend that's a mean girl? Mm-hmm. Like, there's there are so many, there is so much good to be had in friendships that if you are in a poisonous relationship or you don't you're not blessed by your friends or you're not inspired by your friends get new friends well or if you are 
not blessing others, yes, then that's you're robbing yourself of the opportunity mm-hmm. to be a good friend that's as important mm-hmm. as having good friends. Totally. You know, I think it's so interesting because I think when when girls turn about 11, 12, 13, and they start comparing themselves with others, that where that's where that all sort of begins. And a lot of times those people who feel like that they were less than at that age will maintain that posture mm-hmm. because it gives them the illusion of power over others. Yeah. And it is an illusion because after you have that that mean girl, I mean we've all got it in us because we're human again. Sure. But if you if you act out on that, then you walk away from that, and you may feel better than for a nanosecond. But then that turns around, and you don't feel well oh. because it's not. It's a terrible feeling. It is a terrible feeling. I don't know. I just i I have wonderful. I do too. Dear blessings of, of friendships in my life, and I do believe I bless them too. Oh, it's, there's it's no a doubt. Mutual. It's a mutual gifting. Yeah. And that is just out in the world for the taking. There is so much good out there. Yeah, there really is. Mm -hmm. Okay, you go. Okay, so this is my last one. And I am going to read it, if that's all right. Yeah, for sure. Um, My last most important lesson, and probably my most important lesson, is when I learned how to pray. And when that happened, I stopped asking and started beholding spirit in all things. So my prayers, uh, my prayer, my, my sweet dad called it practicing the presence of God, that in all things, I learned to have a divine understanding and realization, even as the world around me was gripped in a sense of duality. And it's it's almost like with COVID, mm-hmm. you know, we look at it and, and it appears to be so awful, and indeed it is awful. Mm-hmm. And yet when you practice the presence of God, you see the divinity because there's a lot of good. But, mm-hmm. but I, you know, it is... I I know that I cannot affect by asking the plan of God. Mm. And and the reason why that is so important to me is that I'll, I'll give you an example. When I was um, thinking about getting a divorce, I prayed and prayed and prayed for God to make some changes in my marriage. Mm. And I prayed for years for it, and it didn't happen. And then there were people who prayed that same prayer, and it did happen. And so I felt like I was a stepchild Mm -hmm. somewhat. And then when I— Did you feel like you were a stepchild to God? Yes. Got it. Yes, that I was—you know, it was like God was saying, okay, yes, I'm going to let so-and-so— have this sort of marriage, but yeah, Janice, you're not. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I understood, I learned how to trust in the goodness of God, no matter what. Mm. So I, I don't ask for anything in prayer. I, I know that the infinite intelligence which creates and guides the universe is not going to be influenced to change its course by my request. 
And Ooh, wait, will you say that again? Yes. Uh, I now know that the infinite intelligence which created and guides the universe is not going to be influenced to change its course based upon my request. And so this is called faith to me, is knowing, realizing in the goodness of God, no matter what appears to be before my eyes. So, and that helps me because it enables me it gives me the ability to move toward the what without needing to know the how. So does that make sense? Say it again. So it gives me the ability to move toward the what without needing to know the how. Mm-hmm. So if I or want... Or the why. Or the why. Mm-hmm. But it's the how that throws us, mm-hmm. because how am I going to do this? How am mm-hmm. I going to make enough money? How am mm-hmm. I going to live long enough? Mm-hmm. How am I going to make this marriage work? How am I going to do that? How am I going to live without, if I get divorced, how am I going to? Yeah, exactly. How, Rather how, how, than how, how, just how. knowing that the infinite, intelli- infinite intelligence of the universe and our all-loving higher power, God, spirit, whatever you want to call it, is all good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. ultimately... The benefit or the experience, you're going to be okay. Yes. And um, you know, I, I there are so many times that I can look back on my life, and and I am so happy that I did not get what I thought I wanted. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I so mean, true. So, so true. true. Guys that I dated after my divorce, guys that I dated before my divorce, you know, and, and well, before my divorce, that didn't sound right. (laughs) Before you I wasn't acting the fool, (laughs) (laughs) but before I got married, you know, I mean, everything, there's so much goodness in all of it. Yeah. And so I, that's just, that has really given me such relief. So when, when I am praying, I am saying, God, your divine intelligence is moving in my life, and I trust that. Mm-hmm. So bring it on. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, because I, I don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so it, it takes the, it takes the, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough to get mm-hmm. out of it for me. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that, that, that will disagree with this, and that's so okay. And it's not that I don't want. I mean, I can say in a prayer, I'd really like for this to happen and that to happen or this to happen, but I'm leaning into you and I'm practicing your presence in all things, your presence in all things. That's that's probably closer to how I pray. I do pray for things. I do have requests. I take my requests to God. Um, But... I 100% agree that the outcome, God is not Santa Claus. God, That's right. I, don't, I don't make my list. And because I've been good, I get what I want. It's, mm-hmm. And when we believe in a Santa Claus higher power, a Santa Claus God, we, we're going to be very disappointed. And our faith will, we will it will be a faith crisis. Yeah, I've seen so many people. Why did God let this happen? Why did God do this? Why didn't God answer my prayer? Yeah. I mean, so many people after I lost Charlie and Louisa, 
I mean, the whole oh. freaking universe was praying for healing and and I could not reconcile. I could not think of one good reason why either one of those babies should die. No, of course you could not. You know, why, yeah. how could that be a better outcome? How could that be the better way? I do not believe God made that happen. I don't either. I believe God let that happen, um, allowed that to happen because we live in a world where people get sick and mm -hmm. disease exists. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that God did it to me. I don't believe God... I wanted him to take it, but he didn't, and that's okay. Yeah. I totally trust the outcome. You know, I learned— uh, That's a, such a good one, Janice. Well, it's, it just has changed my life. Yes. It took me a long time to get it, too. And, mm -hmm. you know, I remember that—I remember learning that the two most powerful prayers are whatever— and oh well, yeah, you know, I so you that. start the day with whatever, and then the end is oh well, mm, you know, I and, love that. and I've never heard that before. Yeah, it, it, I it makes, you know, I kind of need to keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> and it just really, it just makes such a difference for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And then thank you. Yes. When, when one time uh, they asked me to say the prayer at uh, our church, and, um, <laughs> so I just went up there and, and, you know, they, they typically had really long, really <laughs> lovely prayers. And I just stood at the microphone and just said, thank you. Oh my. And then walked down. <laughs> That's amazing. I would have clapped. I looked at Tom and he was just, just kind of shaking oh, his there's, head. There's there she my wife. is. <laughs> there she is. But for me, I, the, the more simple I keep it, the, the easier it is for me to be joyful mm -hmm. and to be happy knowing mm -hmm. that I am heard, I am valued, I yes. am precious, and yes. whatever and oh well is okay. Yeah. It, and the, not that there wouldn't be pain or tears or, or sure. anger or whatever that happens in between. Sure. You know, and it's not to take things like what you experienced with those precious babies lightly at all. No. I can't think of anything worse. And look at you today. And those experiences, God didn't plan that. That no. just happened. It just happened. That was a genetic mutation. Yep. And yep. that, but what has happened as a result of your willingness is that you have made the world a much better place. Well, that's such a nice thing for you it's to say. True. Janice, you know? It's true. That's such a nice thing So for that, you to say. that's where the practicing the presence of God was in your life and still is in your life and the lives of yeah. thousands of other people. Yeah. Well, so anyway, that, that's my, that's that my is sermon. So <laughs> good. It is so good. Um, Dang it. I was going to, there was some, some thought that came to me about that. Um, but I'll, I, I just, I love it. And I believe uh, it'll, it'll come back, but I believe that that out, that outlook and that lesson that you just shared is a life changing and a life giving, uh, outlook. It, it really is when we stop when we stop with the begging prayers mm -hmm. and we go to trusting prayers, I really do think it changes our life. I 1000% trust the outcome. Yeah, me too. I may not like the outcome. Yeah. I may cry 
because of the outcome, but I always trust the outcome. And when you're in it, you can't see it. But when you get to the other side of that pain or that sorrow or that disappointment, gosh, I mean, the blessing of the lessons that you learn in this lifetime, you know, if, if we take out the bitterness and we take out the anger and we lose, you know, all the, the angst of that, it, it really changes your life. Well, and you know, it's interesting because what, what I've come to believe and part of it is that, you know, I'm 68. My father died at 78 mm-hmm. and uh, my mother died at 93. So, and, and my dad used to talk about when he was like my age, he would talk about transitioning on, mm-hmm. which I like that word a too. lot better than dying. And he, and he would say, I, I have no fear because I trust in the how mm-hmm. that the universe will take care of me in that tra- transition. Mm-hmm. And I think about that, you know, I don't, I, I'll probably be about 30 years. So that would be, <laughs> I'll be right around a hundred. <laughs> Talk about a dragon, honey. <laughs> but, you know, but, but I do think about that at my age. And I think there's, there's such there's no fear in that mm-hmm. yeah. because of that goodness of God. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, yeah. Well, there you go. I love that. I just absolutely love that. Good one, Janice. What's funny is the, <clears throat> the last one that I did, and this is not my last one, but I added it at, at number six is uh, that prayer works. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Prayer does work. And that the praying the way that you pray is, I love it. One of the best prayers I ever heard was on Easter uh-huh. a few years ago. We were all at Mary Catherine's and uh, one of our friends, Leslie, her son, Cole, we all got in a big circle. We always get together for Easter, big group, you know, well, fam, five, yeah. six families. And we're in a circle holding hands and... <laughs> Cole says, I want, I'm going to pray. And we're like, I get it, Cole. All right. <laughs> and he, he, we're all on the hands. He bows his head and he goes, hey, God, just do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. That is precious and powerful. <laughs> I was like, why did I go? Why did anybody go to seminary? <laughs> There you go. You don't need to. (laughs) It was epic. Hey, God, just do what you do. That is so precious. Oh, he was probably 14. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So amazing. Okay. uh, Oh, well, my number five kind of goes along with all this that we're talking about. Um, I said God really can bring you a peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes. And that, for all the it's reasons there. we just talked about. Just claim it. Yeah. Just. I now claim, claim the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. I love that verse in the Bible because there is a peace mm-hmm. that comes, only comes from our faith that doesn't make sense. That somebody could look at my life or your life or Kevin's life or any hear all our stories and think 
God, that sucks. How are you not bitter? How are you not angry? How are you not afraid? How do you not have anxiety? How do you blah, 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 blah. And it, it, it is only through, it is only through God mm-hmm. that we can experience a peace that surpasses all understanding. It's true. That a peace that does not make any sense. It's true. All right, Kev, you ready? Uh, sure. We're ready. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought you guys were going to wait until like, the very end and just kind of squeeze me in there at the last second. <laughs> no, wow. no. We're, okay, we're cool. All right. You. Hey, let's do it. All of, ours, all of our last four that we did were pretty thematic. Yeah. So they yeah. went well together. They did. So. Okay, well, first of all, this one, Tove, you already know. So... Uh, I'm not going to count it as one of mine. You don't, just have, to, I've already you said don't have to forgive if somebody does. No, no, no. Sorry. We're past that. <laughs> <laughs> For now. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it I wasn't was, a clearing of the throat. It, it was wasn't. a grunt. It was a grunt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll own it. Um, always pick uh, quality of life over money when it comes to work. Because we've talked about that before. No. And that's like that's my biggest life lesson that I've learned. Because I've had jobs where I made a lot of money and I've had jobs where I didn't make like this job right now is not my highest paying job ever, but it's definitely my most fulfilling job ever. Um, and every time I was like, God, God, that money was so tempting. And I took it and I was miserable you yeah. know, every you know, time. But I won't count that as one of mine. I just wanted to throw that in because it's a good I, one. Yeah. But you know what? That is so good because what I've noticed is if I work too many hours during the week, I am not happy. And I'm mm-hmm. over. I'm overly tired, and and the only reason I'll try to cram in more people is, you know, make a little more money. Oh gosh, well they've called. I might as well see them, and then you know, and it really does not work. No, that's so good, and, Kevin. And I may it even work good. like sometimes. I may work a thirteen-hour day, but it's going to be the way I like to do it on my terms. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not yeah. going to be I punch in at eight o'clock yeah. and then you know leave thirteen hours later. Like, that's not the way I do things. But I may be taking calls or up till four in the morning, working on a, a video or taking calls at three in the morning or something like that. And so that's because that's the way I like to work. It's on my own terms. Um, it's so good. But anyway, that's so one I had true. to, yeah, I had I to get that out of the so way. So good. Yes. Um, but you guys told me to come up too. So I did come up with two. Uh, first <laughs> one. And I know the phrasing of this is going to sound a little goofy, but it's not. Marriage is not stupid. <laughs> I know that sounds goofy, but it's not. That's it. A- Adorable. That is so awesome. (laughs) Well, we've talked before about how I was raised like strict Catholic, you know? Uh And so when I was old enough to start thinking of things on my own, I was like, I don't like this. I think this is all bullshit. You know what I mean? I'm like, I, I, it was almost my way to rebelling against the establishment and my parents and all this stuff and being like, you know, cause they're, you have to get married and you you can't have sex until you're married and all this different stuff. And I'm like, marriage is stupid. I'm not doing it. You know? And it was Uh almost my way of saying, doing whatever F, I wanted and F being frivolous system. with yeah. you know, sexuality or my life or whatever, being like, guess what? It didn't work. All that 18 years of the catechism and confirmations and <sighs> retreats and all that, you know, it was just my way. Of, you know, I, that's what I, I said. Yeah. Marriage is stupid. I'm not ever going to do it. There's no reason for it. And at that same time, you guys know, uh, I was heavily influenced in my career, my radio career anyway, by the Howard Stern show. And I would say Howard Stern was like the dad I didn't have, you know, the dad that talked to me about sexuality and real life, sex in the real world and stuff, you know, and he had been married before and said, I'll never get married again. Marriage is, there's no reason to do it. You can absolutely live with someone the rest of your life if you want. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's absolutely no need for the institution of marriage. And I carried that with me. Through most of my adult life. That is so interesting. And uh, I never knew that it was a Howard Stern. I mean, I, part of it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
yeah, most of my adult life and every adult relationship I was in, that was like my thing. I would always say at the beginning, just so you know, I'm not saying we couldn't be together forever. Even though I kind of was. It was just my way of saying that. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm never going to get married. So let's just get that out of the way. Uh-huh. I don't and ever want to deal with those pre- that pressure, you know? Those girls were thinking, mm, I can change that. Yep, every time. Oh, I know mm-hmm. how to swing from the rafters Everyone and do was- a 360 <laughs> on the you know what. <laughs> But you're so right. Every time they're like, that's totally fine. No problem, you know? But then after a year or so, of you course. start, start yeah. going in. Yeah. in. Yeah. And then one day, uh, I mean, I didn't realize this until I started dating my now wife, because now I am married. But I never, when we started dating, I just never felt the need to have that talk. I never did that. So, Kevin, yeah. how long a, did y'all date? Do you remember, or would you guess that you started thinking... Yeah, I think I could marry this girl. Kind of. I was a little scared, like, right away when we started dating that that could be the situation. Like, I, uh, I knew it right away. Just because you of how you she made you feel? Yeah. how you I, felt about her? I don't know. Just all of a sudden, all the stuff that I'd preached against all these years <laughs> made sense. I'm like, oh. oh, maybe I was wrong, you know? And I'm not, I have to I, say, I Kev, it. that actually put tears in my eyes when you said that. It like, well, it's to make up for my grunt earlier. I figured I would get real. <laughs> so can I ask you a question about that, Ken? Sure. Because I, I honestly think that's one of the sweetest things I do too. that you could ever say. But I would love to know how has, marriage, how has marriage blessed you? Like, why is it not stupid anymore to you? Oh, my God. It's just such a comforting something that, to have that, you know. It, it's really hard to explain because I loved being alone. I mean, I was way more scared to move in together with Elise than I was to marry her. Like, way more scared. Just because I'd never done that. I'd never had a roommate. Never lived with anyone. Oh. Like, that freaked me out. Um, the prospect of marriage didn't, though. It's, it's, does that make, is that really weird? Or does that make any sense? Well, but I think it's just she... Not, it's, yeah, it's not being alone. I mean, and having that comfort, that blessing, it's, it is, it's a feeling that's hard to explain. I love it. I knew, too. It's I think it's so sweet. <laughs> and you know what? I agree with you. Marriage is not stupid. It is and not stupid. It is not stupid. Oh, and that isn't to say, though, that those people who do just want to be with someone forever and don't sure. want to actually get married, there's nothing wrong with that either. No. But I was wrong in saying that it's stupid. That's for, what I'm saying. For you. Yes. And that you, that's that's one of your yes, big It could be stupid for lessons. you, but saying that it's stupid for the earth was a dumb thing, you know, and now yeah. I realize that. Yeah. Well, yeah, your belief just totally changed. And that, I love that because I think what what your precious wife will feel like is, wow, that you, I mean, you really, she made a difference and you made a choice that was outside of what you had told yourself for many years and you're happy you did it. Never thought I'd do it. Yeah. Never thought I'd do so it. So cool. It's so, so sweet. Also, getting back to the very beginning of the show when I said I'm not the most evolved one in the room, <laughs> that is true. Anyone who knows me will tell you, I do everything in life like five or six years behind regular people. I just do. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really go to college people. till I was like 24. I, I didn't get married till I was in my 30s. I mean, it's just, I'm a little slow to the to realize, you know, a lot of these life Are y'all going to have a baby? Uh, eventually, I'm sure. Yeah. When you're, would they be calling you Papa? <laughs> I definitely never said that I would not have kids. I never said that having kids was stupid. But I just love it. You know, I, do too. I was, um, I've, and it's, isn't it funny the things that you say that you just feel so adamant about, and and then life can change you. Yeah, 
And thank God we can change our minds. Well, you never know what's going to happen. You I'm not arrogant know. enough to presume that it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. In 10 years, I could be divorced. You never know. Yeah, you never know. I mean, but right now, yeah, I You're believe right in now. my convictions. Yeah. I love That's it. so cool. I love it. I used to always think, oh, I got, it's got to go this way and it's going to go, it will go this way. And, you know, life, life can change your mind. Definitely. And love and can, I told can you change guys, your mind. I've told you this before, Tove, and well, both of you guys that, when I was right after high school and stuff and all my friends like getting married and I was just like, what a bunch of dopes. Like they don't know what they're doing. They just think <laughs> it's like the next thing they have to do. Uh-huh. And I do think that a lot of people do make that mistake. They oh, just think yeah. it's the next thing. They feel a lot of pressure to do it. But they when do. I decided to do that, it wasn't the next step. It was just, I was deciding to finally commit to a different lifestyle. Basically. Yeah, you were it was something I believed in a sacrament, an institution that had new meaning all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, right. Right. When I lost my kids, everyone was always like, you should adopt. You should adopt. And it would make me mad. Because at that time, it probably felt insulting. And, and I didn't want to adopt. Yeah. Like, I no. was never going yes. to adopt. Yeah. I'm not going to adopt. I'm not going to adopt. I'm uh-huh. not going to adopt. And then, I mean, if life didn't very similar change thing. that. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very, Trace. very similar thing. Because you yeah. were so adamant about that. I was. Yeah. I was too. Adamant. I was adamant. And I, I thought that would be a stupid solution for me. I really mm-hmm. did. And I thought it was stupid for people. How dumb of you to suggest that that would be an option for me. You don't know what for would work me. for me. Yeah, yeah exactly. that that could make, it would help you yeah. in any way, or you would benefit from that. Yeah. 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 I wanted to, whenever anybody said that I should adopt, I would say, you should adopt. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, yeah, I could just see Sorry. how obnoxious that I would apologize. be. <laughs> Awkward. I apologize for being salty <laughs> to all this. I get you, it, though. No, I you, completely get it. You had a you had a good reason to be a little Definitely. salty. I get that you were adamant, though. You're yeah. like, yeah. I'm going to have my own kid. Mm-hmm. I don't need to adopt, and that's and I, not and I don't that's not right for me. And your ideas about what's best for my life, but I, I, I love I love what you said. But I think the even bigger lesson for anybody listening is, you know the 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 universe and god and and life you don't know and to put hardcore parameters around mm-hmm. to have all these rules yeah you don't life and love can change your mind and it usually is love yeah don't you think open mindedness yes. is one of the greatest things that we can cultivate totally. just to be Absolutely. open-minded to other possibilities. I mean, who would yes. have ever thought that you and I would be sitting here doing this, <laughs> totally. you know, and the, you and I've talked about the possibilities of this thing expanding some and, you know, so you just kind of, I, I, I also heard that, you know what God does when you make a plan laughs, you know, <laughs> so you might as well lean into no, the trajectory it. of life is at this time in my life, I expected, Oh, I'll be number one in a big market. I'm doing a morning radio show by this time in my life. You know, I didn't know I was going to be sitting in a room doing a podcast with two counselors talking about my marriage. <laughs> I wouldn't have believed that if someone said that. Well, we can still do the morning show, so yeah, keep that can. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't abandoned that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I love it. I, I do love too. that one, Kev. Great so job. So great. Thanks. Okay, there. number two. Now we've had an. Oh man, I gotta go again. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. Oh, all right. You're uh, the big. You're the big. I'm the closer. closer. (laughs) You are the closer. That's what we're going to start calling you. (laughs) No, don't call me that. Because after this, we've had enough Kevin segments for a while. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no. This will be enough. Never enough, Kevin. The audience will have heard plenty, Kevin, after this one. Uh, I just wrote down guilt because guilt is something I've learned a lot from in my life. The, I, I don't know when this occurred to me directly, but the absolute worst emotion you can experience being a human being, in my opinion, is guilt. It is just the absolute, it's crippling, horrible, I cannot stand it. So I've sort of let that guide my life in a lot of ways. And decision making when and it can be even something small like you don't really want to go to your buddy from years ago's wedding or something like that but then i think about it and like is it a huge deal no but i feel kind of guilty if i didn't go and i know that if i do and that's just a very small example yeah. Yeah. but i know that if i do i won't regret it and i'll be glad that i did you know and so i sort of use that just but i don't know some people say like that's a sign of a good person and i'm like is it really an avoidance of guilt it's like the, i mean <laughs> Means that you're yeah, a nice it's, I, it's a sign of a smart person. I mean, I'm trying not to. Yeah, yeah it's, it's self-serving in a sense because I don't want myself to feel bad, you know, but. Well, it's, yeah, nobody's going to love yourself like you love yourself. And I think that's phenomenal because I think that's a good tool to use when you're making decisions. Yeah. Is this going to serve me? And if I make this decision and I feel guilty and it's valid guilt, because sometimes you know, we'll beat ourselves. I really don't do that much anymore, but I used to do it a lot. But I think that's yeah, a fantastic it, lesson, yeah, Kevin. You I know? do, too. Well, what really boggles my mind, too, is there are some people who, because, I mean, I feel guilty for even the smallest things, but someone who I know that, you know, a buddy of mine or someone who cheats on their girlfriend all the time or something, I'm like, how can you do something like that and not feel, like, tremendous guilt? How, how can you live I a normal know. life? I don't understand how people don't have that guilt. Yeah. Is it... I think I, they have it. I just, just think ignoring they, it? Or? No, I think they medicate it. Yeah. I think they... I think yep. the behavior, you know, if somebody's cheating, then the, you know, and then they feel guilty afterwards, I think that then they, you know, medicate with more cheating. Mm-hmm. You know, so or alcohol or yeah. I mean, I that think that people do have guilt yeah. because, you know, I think most of us really do know when our behaviors are going to really negatively impact somebody I else's agree. life. Mm-hmm. I think for the most part, people fundamentally have a, a good moral compass in, in some ways, but well, maybe but, there are some who really don't. You know, No, I think they do. But I think you can build a tolerance for the other. Sure. You know, the pleasure of the big O mm-hmm. and those mm-hmm. little flings is, I mean, that's a mind-altering drug. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is a drug in, an, in and yeah, of itself. it is. It makes you forget in that moment the uh-huh. guilt. Uh-huh. And then you do it again, and then you, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a cycle. It is yeah. a total do cycle. Do you think, though, there are some people who just, and maybe it's a personality complex or something, that don't have that guilt at all? No. You think everybody feels I that? I think everybody's born with it. I think that some people learn to justify and their justification muscle gets so over overly built that they rationalize and justify their behavior to where in their mind they're right yeah and that, or that it's or not that victim, big a deal or, yeah, or yeah. i deserve it or there's a lot of stuff that we can tell ourselves but i i actually don't believe that there are that there are people that are born without that without some sort of directive mechanism and i'm sure men and women you know will do that kind of the Play the victim thing like well my husband or wife whoever completely ignores me like what am i supposed to do you know yeah like, yeah but yeah you're never really justified no <laughs> no you no. should just put your big girl pants on or big boy pants on and get out absolutely if you yeah. don't want to be married or that's the life you want to live go live it just but you know what kev i i totally uh i hate guilt too i it's mean the worst it is 
the it's, worst. It's the reason I told you if for, I never would. I don't can't imagine a situation where I would. But if I ever cheated, first thing I would do is I would have to tell on myself because I couldn't live with the guilt. And second, that would be the end of my marriage. I would yeah. not let my wife take me back after something like that because I would never get over the guilt. She would never get over the fact that I did it. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, I say once you've crossed that line, then that's a that's, that's a it. tough road to come back from. In yeah. my personal opinion, I don't think you can come back from that. There are people who do, but it is not it's easy. always still there, though. It, it, yeah. It would oh, be yeah, for you, me. Yeah, me too. It, I, I yeah. would. I. It will forever be the elephant. Yup. Yup. So, Janice. Lorraine above it. Yeah. Would always <laughs> run through your brain. <laughs> chop, chop. <Yeah>. Chop, chop. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not think of that. <laughs> uh, Janice, you taught me something, though, years ago. Um two lessons that have come from that one of them uh is shooting yourself uh-huh uh-huh like you taught me because i would do things out of obligation not because that was my deepest desire mm-hmm. and you would say you taught me that anytime i started a sentence with oh i probably should that they no i shouldn't yeah, you're shitting on yourself. You're shitting on yourself. And don't shit on yourself. Yeah. Stanky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, there are things like your old college buddy's wedding that, you know, you, you should you probably go, mm, maybe, but maybe not, you know? And I love when Mike McGuire, Mary Catherine and I were talking about that this week, this, this weekend, when he was on this podcast and mm-hmm. I mean, he and he and his wife often get invited to functions and yes. fundraisers and, you know, very socialite things. And he says that every single decision he makes, he, he taught us that on this podcast, he and he and his wife sit down and evaluate, is this, is this for us or is it against us? Mm-hmm. And if this activity, whatever it is, is for us, then let's go do it. Yeah. And if it's a, if it's not for us, it doesn't even have to necessarily be against us. But if it's not for us, then then the power of the positive no. Love it. You say no to this, you're saying yes to this. Yes. And saying yes to a night at home with your wife is nothing to abo- apologize for. No. So power of the positive no. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 Great And that's stuff. probably something, yeah, you don't have to, I mean... You can weigh it out and figure, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? And then you don't have to feel guilty for not doing it. You know what I mean? That's a flaw in some ways, too. You don't have to worry about feeling guilty for everything. Wait, what did he say? What did you say about The juice is worth the squeeze. You never heard that expression? Oh. Well, that's kind of what you're talking about. Are you from West Texas, too? (laughs) I'm from Dallas. Figure out if the juice is worth the squeeze. Because see, like with the wedding thing, I love it's you. so easy for me to go to that. You know, it's it's an, and then you feel everybody feels good about it. So to me, that's something that would be that would be worth it if you're weighing it out. The juice would be worth the squeeze. We we need a T-shirt that says is all the, the Kevin saying is, oh, the, is Mary, the juice yeah, worth the squeeze? I love that bumper stickers. We're gonna make some money on this. <laughs> I mean, marriage is not stupid. That's a good guilt one. sucks. And it is, is the juice, juice worth the squeeze? squeeze. <laughs> I'm never talking on the show again. No, yes, you are. I we love, love it. it. Oh my gosh, I have never heard that saying yeah, in my life. Adorable, bravo! I'm glad we ended with you. Oh, me too. Solid ending, Kev. Really good. Thanks, guys. Kevin. <laughs> what are you going to do next week for the show? 
Oh, God. Yeah. What's my homework for next week? <laughs> Wait for it. Are you going to read your text message this time or or not lie? You may want response? to. I, I didn't. I'm a very honest guy. I did not see that or else I would, I would have responded accordingly. But you, got, you may have to poke me a couple times. <laughs> All right. We can do that. Okay. Well, we so love and appreciate y'all and stay safe, healthy, yes. happy, and um, and pass along. Pass along this podcast to somebody who could use it. The last two weeks we've got, or last week, we got a lot of great feedback. I bet we get a lot of good feedback this week. But keep keep passing it on. Keep talking about it. Rate us. Review us. All the things you do. Post it on Instagram. We, we really, 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 really appreciate it. And we want to keep growing. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Thanks. Have a great week. 